Glad that you are here. One of the pastors here, I want to follow up on what Pastor Aaron just said, just that uh, it is exciting to see all that God is doing, isn't it? Exciting and encouraging to see what God is doing in and through our little church family here in Dallas, Oregon. And uh, so that's uh, that extends to our opportunities to... And uh, I, I want to make just a couple of unplanned comments here about all that God is doing before I jump into planned comments in our time in God's Word. But uh, thankful, for, also just really thrilled uh, and thankful to see what God is doing um, in our church in so many different ways. And if you were not here at 9 a.m., you missed out on special speakers come in and share with us on really important and difficult topics. There's still, still two Sundays of that left if you have not uh, been part of that. This morning, uh, Dr. Corey of pornography, a word that uh, needs to come out into the open in church families so that we can ask God to help us as Christians be on the fulves who are struggling with this sin, but as parents, an opportunity to uh, equip the next generation. Uh, so this morning at 9 a.m., in addition to a great speak, one, a father who wishes he had the resources uh, to address this topic as his children grew up, the other struggles in this area, and, and, and now finding some victory uh, in Christ. You heard from me, some of you have already known, that pornography is a part of the journey of my life. When I was age three, thanks to the power and the grace of God working in my life. Um, so this is a topic that is of critical importance. And so the reason I wanted to just highlight those couple of things really quickly was so that you know that it's not too late. By the power and the grace of Jesus and, and the Spirit's work in your life and, and some hard work, uh, there is victory young children. It's not too late for you to help them avoid some of the pain, which many, many, many of us in this room have put on either. Uh, you parents are the primary disciplers of your children. God has entrusted you with the responsibility of nurturing them spiritually and helping them to mature and avoid alongside and be part of that. So be praying for us. The leaders, we're going to be, uh, this morning's seminar was part in this area, uh, but my, my just, I can't urge you enough to come out of the dark and into the light on this topic, and that we need God's help, knowing that we need one another's help. So uh, really exciting things going on there. Um, you good? All right. Uh, another uh, much less important, but yet still exciting and important uh, new development in our church family is a new sound system. Each instrument and each vocalist this morning while we worship through music, which was outstanding. So we're thankful for Ted, Pastor Ted and his team. And along those lines for you this morning, as you listen to me, do I sound like James Earl Jones this morning? <laughs> Audio system, I would sound like James Earl Jones. So, <laughs> no, they... They know I'm playing. Dismissed the kids already. Really, I should have kept the kids in here because they should have stayed in here so they could be fed from God's word first because really from God's word and instead give this opportunity to you dogs. <laughs> oh, good. There was laughter. But any, any other surprise? Maybe a little shock? Anybody offended? Oh, a, a bark. Just roll with it. There's a little bit of offense there. It's okay because it's going to help us put ourselves in the passage this morning. So grab your Bible and open to Mark 7, verse 24. As you turn there in your Bible, let me pray really quickly. Father, we, as always, need you to teach us that my heart be pleasing in your sight. Would you help me to get out of the way that we might hear from you through your word 
and by your spirit impressing it in our, to us as we desire to walk more closely with you. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Mark 24. And from there, Jesus arose and went away to the region of Tyre and Sidon, and he not be hidden. But immediately a woman whose little daughter had an unclean spirit heard of him and killed a Gentile, a non-Jewish person. Now the woman was a Gentile, a Syrophoenician by birth. And she begged Jesus. Uh, a couple things I just want to note here as we continue along. Uh, one, for the sake of time this morning, we're not going to dig in as much detail with this. This has happened. Uh, Jesus freeing people from demon possession has happened throughout our gospel. We've taught on it previously. All of our message focus this morning. The second thing I want to mention is that uh, the story of this woman is also recorded in another book of your Bible, in the text here in Mark, if you would, in your Bibles that I'd love to have on your lap every Sunday. And then um, on the screen, I will occasionally give you some... It's in, our, in, our, in Mark, it said she begged him to cast out the demon. And, and on the screen, you see that in Matthew... She comes to Jesus with these words, have mercy on me, oppressed by a demon. And so as we've been studying through God's word, as we've been studying just passage by passage through the gospel, we should be thinking, hey, this is going to be good. Jesus, the healer, the restorer, the forgiver, the rescuer, this is going to troubles. Another poor soul will be delivered from demon possession. But Matthew's next verse tells us this. The woman, have mercy, help my daughter. This. But the next part of the verse says, And his disciples came and begged Jesus, saying, Send her away, for she is crying out to bring her request to Jesus. So now let's get back to our passage in Mark there. Hopefully your finger's still there. Let's look at Let the children first be filled, for it is not meet to take the children's bread and cast it under the dogs. I knew you guys helped me out. <laughs> Is there anything cool? I have a whole CD collection of it. I could listen to the King James version of James Earl Jones all day long. Like James Earl Jones. Okay. <laughs> okay, we had some fun with that, but that was actually a really important verse. <laughs> so, and Jesus said to her, remember she's come to him looking for help. Jesus said to her, let the children, let the kids be fed, throw it to the dogs. Huh? What's going on here? Uh, what's Jesus speaking about? Well, what he's speaking about, the bread uh, is in re reference to his message, what Jesus is bringing to people, the good news that the children, he's referring to the children being the Jews, the people of Israel, God's people the Jewish people, and in this case, when he refers to dogs, he is Jewish people, all other people that are not Jewish. And so this is still interesting, you know, what's, what's this all, his response is to say, well, I should probably help the children first, the people of Israel first, not you dogs. Paul writes, for I am not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God to forsake who believes to the Jew first, and also to the Greek. So theologically, biblically, what we learn that in the grand scope of God's rescue plan, and I hope you know that's what you're holding in your hands. 
the Bible, God's story from, from cover to the back of God's plan, of God's good purposes to redeem this jointed collection of random stuff. The Bible is God's overarching rescue plan to redeem a people for himself. He begins his rescue plan by, by making promises to his people Israel, to the Jewish people. And in our verse in Mark, we have an important term, first. First to the Jew. And that gives hope. The arrival of Jesus, God's rescue plan, is being expanded to all people. It's being expanded to all people because we should all be getting pretty excited here because the great majority of us in this room are not Jewish. Plan, his great love to humanity, his coming to meet us, coming to be with us, coming to forgive, coming to save us. The of Messiah of Israel begins with Israel, but it's not confined there. The Gentiles may have had to wait at the time of our story. The Gentiles may have had to not excluded from the benefits the Messiah brings. So again, uh, this is good news. For all of us that are not Jew, right? Not Jewish people. As I said last Sunday in my comments in response to the events in Charlottesville, Jesus is for, and after Jesus returns in the future, followers of Jesus will worship around the throne together and around the throne together every people group. That's why racist attitudes and actions are un. We need to repent of those where they exist. We need to ask for God's help in those areas, and we need to speak such. So back in our passage today, though, we're still trying to figure out why it sounds like Jesus is being rude, referring to Gentiles as dogs. Is, um, uh, as we work out the new sound system, I just want to ask, is it, is it okay? Are we okay today? Or would you like me to switch? Okay. All right, I don't hear it as much as you, but I want to make sure that it's not a distraction system. First day in action, so we're all given lots of grace and very understanding, right? Okay, so we're trying to figure out why Jesus is being rude. Lots of, of here why Jesus' words are, are such. And, uh, you know, we could come up with different theories about what he's saying, what does he mean, what is the, we could do all that, or I could just say this, that things I do know is that Jesus never sinned. Sinned. So while these words jump out at us as potentially offensive or name-calling or even racist, because Jesus, that's not his intention here, rather than being rude or offensive, I think that Jesus is simply testing the woman's faith. It knows to be a profound faith in God, and we're going to see that later in the passage. So I think Jesus knows of her faith and is it out. So where it might seem to us like Jesus is reluctant. You know, he, she comes to him. She needs his help. She's begging off as she was silent. And now he's saying, well, you're, you know, you're among the dogs. And what seems like reluctance, we should take. Jesus has interacted with Gentiles both before this passage and after this passage with the desire unwilling. But what about her approach Here's what maybe we should learn from is, what about this in her approach? She knows that Jesus doesn't owe her anything. And Jesus doesn't owe us anything even of God's grace and love. And we too are undeserving. 
in our passage, remember he had just said these hard words, let the children be fed first. It's not right to take the children's bread and throw it to the dog. She answered, yes, Lord. Yet even the dogs under the table eat the children's crumbs. Even the dogs under the table eat the children's crumbs. This is an incredible statement. And her respond. Oh, woman, great are your works. You really earned this chance for me to show you some love. Learn from the Bible. I want you to see what's in there. Jesus responds to this incredible statement from this woman coming to him for help. Sometimes, no matter how long we've been in church, sometimes we still have this attitude that we think this is his response. That, oh yeah, good job. You're working really hard. You earned that. Had my friend Dan, one of our elders, up here teaching us from God's word. And we were reminded last week about legalism. He defined legalism for us as hurts on doing stuff in our relationship with God. He reminded us last week that legalism is an improper emphasis, trying hard. We, we improperly emphasize that in our relationship with God. That's legalism. Uh, in, in the book, there's on this tendency that we have, this desire that we have to measure our spirituality by by effort. And so even when we do realize our inadequacy, even if we do realize our insufficiency before our great God to earn his love and try to work hard for salvation, to fix ourselves, we sometimes fall back into this. We, we, we have this tendency, we have this by trying harder. So in this book, Manning writes this. Picture this. As the enthusiastic young man who had just received his plumber's license and he was taken to see Niagara Falls. I think I can fix this. <laughs> Our approach to the Christian life, to this week's passage then that we're studying in Mark, is, is really a helpful contrast then to legalism. It's a helpful contrast looking at this woman's response to Jesus. Her wasn't, was not, Great are your works. What is her response? Oh, woman, great is your... Here's another place where sometimes um, definitions of words have gotten away from. Just You got to have faith. And we got to be careful here because faith is not just some vague hope. It's not wishful thinking. Rather, Hebrews 11.1, 1, the Bible itself shows us that faith is the assurance of things hoped for. Now, faith is the assurance of things hoped for. In other words, the confidence of things to come, the conviction of things trusting in Jesus. Faith is believing that Jesus is who he says. Faith is entrusting ourselves to Jesus, the Son of God, the promised rescuer. Trust in him and his life, death, and resurrection that can bring new life, new life. So another author and pastor named Kent Hughes suggests there are three characteristics of this woman's faith that we can learn. Faith. The woman comes, falls at his feet, doesn't just beg once, but continues to, to make her response. At first was silence. And I know that some of you, and myself too, some request. But this woman has a persistent faith. She keeps. So do you 
Do I, do we pray? I know I just feel like I fall way short in this area, in the area of coming to our Heavenly Father with our requests. Do we pray? A Father who knows how to give good gifts. Do we come to Him with a persistent prayer? This woman didn't earn, she didn't work for Jesus' favor for his help in this passage. She had not merited anything. This woman came to Jesus dependent not on her own goodness, goodness through Jesus. This woman came trusting in grace that she, Jesus was the answer. She came with a humble faith. work hard and make a living where we can provide for ourselves. My question often to you and I is, do we need? Or, or do we think we've got what we need? Do we think we can provide what we need? Do you think that you can overcome your sin and separate? Come to him humbly aware of our need and our inability to please him on our own. comes also with a trusting faith. This woman comes with a trusting faith. She took Jesus at his word. Asked that he would be a place where she could receive bread and where her daughter could find freedom from a demon. Humble faith, a trusting faith. Do you and I recognize Jesus as the Son of God, the promised rescuer of the world? Do we recognize and trust in who he is and what he's done? Right, let's Finish up the passage now back in your Bibles. Mark 7, verse 29. Left your daughter, and she went home and found the child lying in bed and the demon gone. This happened because of her. She wasn't trying to be a good person or to go to church every Sunday in order to make Jesus like her. Response of grace because she came to him in faith. It wasn't her remarkable words that earned his favor. She did her faith in Jesus, and that gave Jesus the opportunity to grant her request. And you know what's, what is interesting? We said we weren't going to talk much about uh, demon possession and, and Jesus healing, uh, freeing people of demons, but you know what's interesting? The person isn't even present. She isn't even there. Our series through the book of Mark is called Jesus the God-man, fully God and fully man. Jesus in this passage says to her mother, has left your daughter. Because his distant cure emphasizes in a new way authority that Jesus... So this woman responded, you know, and where do we want to leave it with ourselves here? I mean, where, where do we want to, where do we want to wrestle right now? This woman in our, in the Bible, she responded... She came to Jesus based on what little about Jesus. Are you with me? She, she came to him based on what she had seen and heard. And, and from our perspective, little. It, we should recognize that this woman came to Jesus in faith from, from knowing you and I sitting here today with the Bible in our laps. We know the rest of the story. And it's a pretty good story. That God is creator of all, holy and perfect. 
just and on high and desiring to know you and I. That because we reject God, because we, we go against him, because we are in rebellion against God, relationship that he desires to have. But while we were yet sinners, we were there. We weren't earning. We weren't matching up. We weren't having to try hard. We who lived the life that you and I cannot live, who died the death that we deserve, and who was raised again to new life and as new life. We know the rest of the story. We know who Jesus is. We know what he's done on the cross. This woman came to Jesus because she knew she had faith. She had a, what he called a great faith. She God's great story, the good news, the gospel of Jesus Christ. So what's our response? This woman's. That we would come humbly and that we would find rest in Jesus Christ. All who labor and are heavy laden. And I will give you rest. Rest. 